0: james jordan and michael wallace coming at you for another edition of the wide world of motorsports podcast coming at you for the week of july 24th 2022 and we're here for season 5 episode 22
1: wow yeah 22 we
0: are on many different streaming platforms Or frequency modulations depending where you're Mm -hmm. at right now which is uh good for us good for you good for the tracks we're up on ckms 102.7 radio waterloo in the region of waterloo of course (laughs) against waterloo cfmh 107.3 local fm in st john new brunswick on saturdays at 1 p.m and the Performance Motorsports Network on your smart device. Just got if you have a smart device, just gotta open it up, check it out. And it's if you don't, it's on the web. Just gotta go go to the old Google. Hey, well it's the old Google. The Google. The
1: Googs. Are we Google lights? Because we use it.
0: Yes. Because we we are on the Google. The Google podcast. Google lights. Google podcasts, which never is never used that one. Well, yeah, there's, there's a yeah, lot because there's so many. It's like, do you use each one? We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, there's a few others in there, like I think like Pocket Casts or like there's a couple mm-hmm. other random ones in there. Um, so and yeah, I think. I think I think you can listen to us through there, yeah. Good. So and yeah, there's also a way you can send us a message, a recorded audio message, we can put you up on the show. You just got to send it um, if you're in, on one of those podcast streaming services. It's in the description below. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, which would be so that would be so cool to to hear from the fans. I, I would actually really that would be that would be really awesome. We could get someone out there to uh, <laughs> to kind of just come on uh, real quick, give us a, give us a little line, just a quick little tidbit of hmm. uh, of love or whatever, <clears throat> whatever it may be. And of course, hey man, Instagram doing the reels. Yeah, uh... the reels with the Z, right? A Z, depending where you're at.
1: I think it's with an S. But we'll go with that. Yeah, I know it's going good. I don't know. But just Yeah, on rating. the Instagram that's at the
0: WWOMS. Out, like, and I th- luckily I think we're the same. We're like at the WWOMS all around. Facebook, Twitter, and um eventually on YouTube. <laughs> once we get to a certain amount of subscribers, you're allowed to have your own username. So hopefully once once we get to that point. And yeah, YouTube. On the can't can't forget YouTube while we're talking about it. A lot of good stuff. We man, we've had so much fun doing iRacing streams on there as yeah. well, um, and also the video versions of the podcast is up there as well. So that's a that's another good place to check it out. Make sure you subscribe and like there, and of course, uh, if if you already haven't though. On our website, the Wide World of Motorsports Podcast. WordPress. You can check out past and future stuff, and especially the part one to the Jeff Brown interview um, that yeah. you had there mid July.
1: Yeah, that was it was a great it, part. One was fantastic. Jeff was quite open and honest about. Uh, some of the decisions IMSA was making with the prototypes, and open and honest with what they were allowed to do. Uh, you know, I think you get to see Jeff that he's not just a sports car engineer; that he's a, he's just a racing guy, right? He's he's done a lot of stuff across the board, a full spectrum of different styles of racing, and. Um, you really see Jeff wanting to. He likes a challenge. He likes to really compete against another engineer on making the cars go faster. You know, he thinks uh, he kind of. I feel that he's got that that racing mentality that you and I have a little bit of of what we like to see. They like to see that that on race, <clears throat> sorry, on track battling that uh, wins races and not uh, bank accounts winning races so uh, I saw a lot of analogies or comparisons I should say that I made myself towards short track racing and and what he was doing with the LMP3 car which I thought was really cool some of the same principles apply and uh, which really kind of it's cool to see that two different styles of racing can have such a similar Totally. Uh, lap over.
0: Uh, and you could hear it in the you know you guys sounded so comfortable and it sounded so awesome. Um and and it was, yeah, there was so you. much it was so good. Hey, you asked some good questions there and you guys were on a roll and there was it was on such so, so much of a roll that there was uh, enough for a, a part 2, a second episode and so we're going to be able mm-hmm. to Continue off uh, with what, uh, where we are at with Jeff in part one, yep. and and here in part two. What are some things we can expect to hear?
1: Just what he thinks, uh, you know, the future of the series and and sports car racing in general. What kind of where it's going, you know, what he 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 likes. We talk a little bit about different changes and how fans react and stuff like that so more racing talk a little less technical and more i don't know the landscape of of where right. motorsports are going
0: yeah and you know it's to be able to have him on the show and and everything like that and it was so good it was so it was so awesome and and for all all the listeners out there through the FM world and through the the Spotify world. um, And if you love racing, this is a good one. So be sure to stay tuned. And and, and we're after following part two here, we're going to have some more words and we'll, uh, we'll head on out uh, for the episode, but uh, just stay tuned here folks to part two with Jeff Brown and Michael Wallace here.
2: Big benefit. But when I get, you know um in 2018 and 19 i had colin roma dumas and Loïc deval all together yeah and all three i would classify three world-class sports car drivers yep and they all wanted something slightly different but they're pro enough to to get together and go okay well Loïc wants this and colin wants this and roma's like um I kind of like this and everybody goes, well, we can all put up with this and it'll be slightly not perfect for each one of us, but better overall for all of right.
3: us. Well, that's the whole team and, team sport behind it, right? People always think racing as an individual, but there is, you know, especially in recent years, we now see more of the team aspect through through social media and whatnot. So yeah, that's right. really cool.
2: Right. But in a single, a single driver car, you can right. optimize it perfectly for that that driver so so i think to answer your question to me it's always been you make that car do what the driver expects it to do and and he'll get the most out of it and then and that's what you're that's what i'm trying to do is give him the tool that he can extract the most out of
3: well it's that it's that confidence that uh you know if you make him think he's superman and make him believe he's superman right. he's going to be superman and and he's going to do the drive. he or she sorry i don't mean to be that way uh, is going to be that way Wait. um for you that's really interesting yeah. um i like how you 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 put that because it kind of i i would have always thought it was kind of going different so but it, what I like about that part of it is that the the one thing I get from all the different types of prototype racing you've been in and 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 oval racing you've been in is that it's all about a balance, right? You work on the front, the front's good. You work on the back, the back's good. I mean, it's the same thing with the driver. You work with the driver. He's obviously drivers improve on on their laps because they realize I can like in oval racing I can go a little bit further. I can trail break in a little bit deeper, or I I can. Roll center a little bit more or whatever the case may be and then you can go well i can give you a little more stagger help you with your little your role center or or, or whatnot yep. and 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 it's all about a balance working back and forth and just fine-tuning and and aiming for that perfection that is never attainable
2: right exactly and that's what's fun about it right because if you could figure it out or if you could just Put the numbers in a spreadsheet and get an answer for your setup, mm-hmm. that wouldn't be any fun. You know, it's it's and I think some people, you, you, you kind of lightly touched on a point there. Some people get, and I see this in semi-professional or amateur racing, where some people get too caught up in finding the magic setup. Oftentimes, you're better off just if it's close and it's not trying to kill you, mm-hmm. go drive it. <laughs> Go spend more laps. Don't spend laps in the pits changing stuff. Spend laps driving it. Figure it out. Figure out what you need to do. You know, you're on an oval. Do you need to, you know, do you need to enter higher and or come in lower or if it's going to handle, if it's, you know, if it's got a big push in the middle, what can I do with my driving to get rid of that push? Maybe driving back to the pits and trying to change the stagger isn't the answer. Maybe what you're doing with the steering wheel and the gas and the brake and your lines is the answer and there's a lot of times in road racing where we'll just go no just some more laps just some more laps go figure it out and then they'll come back and go ah i know what it is it's really not we're not going to fix that with the setup i just got to do this with the way i'm driving it. right and so i think a lot of people would gain by just you know maybe Trying to drive the car a little bit more and don't worry about that magic setup quite as much. Now, if you're way out to lunch, yeah, you got to get sure. You, know, you got to get close. But I see a lot of guys, um, you know, get caught up in that. And of course, depending on who you are, everybody likes an excuse, right? If they can't outdrive the guy, they like the to blame their setup or, set up or sure. whatever. So I get that too. But it's um. yeah it's a fun balance and it's fun working with it it's a lot of engineers don't like sports car racing because they have to compromise for two drivers or three drivers or in the long races four drivers but um i kind of i kind of enjoy it
3: that's good and i'm glad you do because i enjoy watching you you uh on the pit box i was you were nice enough to allow me to invade the space and take some pictures of you and colin of course and i got a few of john um i love i i love when you guys roll into ctmp you know we didn't see you for two years and i just you know i walked around that place with a smile all weekend yeah. you know people yeah. i uh, the unfortunate thing is i heard a lot of people complain that the car counts were low and um huh. especially with the historics uh you know they're oh, supposed wow, to be all cool they? but they were wow. amazing the sound was i
2: love watching yeah
3: yeah it i got it cool,
2: formula t- one cars from those days I man it was like I thought that was awesome. Time
3: machine. I and I got yeah. to I, I paid it to, I got to see some on social media because they went back to um they were at Watkins Glen this weekend and they had a, a, a sports car endurance. So they had um if I'm not mistaken, I think I saw the Flexbox Core um LMPC car. They had the yeah, old Collins,
2: yeah, Collins driven that um a couple times, like at the uh what do they call it the it's the 24-hour race at daytona that historic the- 24 or whatever
3: yeah 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 that's so cool that's it's great uh i love i love watching colin drive too because he is he is unbelievable and, and you're right ctmp just seems to to fit him um
2: yeah
3: i know uh, looking at the clock here uh i know your time is precious so
2: no, I'm I'm here as long as you want to talk. I, we're talking racing. I mean, it's hard to stop,
3: right? It is hard to stop, <laughs> especially. I mean, I've been sitting here with a grin the whole time because I just it, listening to the <laughs> stories uh, that you have. Maybe, maybe we'll go a little bit longer and I'll ask you uh, a handful, uh, two, two or three more questions, if you don't mind. Uh, I want to hear away. about your favorite car that you ever got to engineer work on uh it doesn't have to be a winning i just the one that you felt you just enjoyed the most working on
2: i mean the one that that comes right to mind is that orica 07 that we ran in 18 that mp2 car yeah as an engine as an engineer you have kind of these i don't know rules of thumb or ideas Mm -hmm. of what each change should do to the car. You know, it's like your toolbox that you've built up. Okay. If the car's understeering, I know I can do A, B, C, and D, and I know what each one of them will do and how much the effect will be. And often cars don't respond to that the way you would expect because they have some kind of weird geometry or they have some kind of weird aerodynamics that was designed into it or, not on purpose, but it's just right. the way it was. And very few cars do everything the way you expect. That Orca was one that did that. I mean, it was just straightforward. Apply your engineering thoughts the way you think things should work, and it worked that way. You know, two millimeters of rear ride heights worked like you would expect it. Uh, a quarter degree more or less camber did what you thought it would do. A hundred pounds of spring did what you thought it would do. There's no weirdnesses to it. This, I think people might call that the, it had a big setup envelope. You know, you didn't have to have the setup right. perfect for it to be good. You could be a little this way or a little that way and nudge it a little understeer, a little oversteer. Just did all the things you wanted correctly. So that's the one that comes to first mind. I'll back up a little bit to mm-hmm. the next one, was the Ferrari 333 SP. Oh. Yeah. So I ran that car for five years <clears throat> at Team Scandia. We took it to Le Mans a couple of years. We won Sebring with it twice. We uh, won the championship with it in 1995. It's the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, that car was just cool on so many levels. I mean, it had a F Formula One engine in it from... 1989, five valve, twelve cylinder, high revving, sounded awesome. You're right. Uh, the, the chassis was a Delara, I and mean, I know it was a Ferrari, but it was yeah. built by Delara, designed by Delara. Um, you know, we raced against the Riley uh, Mark Threes with yep. Ford engines in them, with Rob Dyson, and you know those cars and um it was a good time in sports car racing to be to be in. i think open cockpit fast and that that ferrari was it it was also similar you know we did take it to Le Mans. we did a whole complete rebuild on it redesign on it built a Le Mans kit tony southgate oh, really? was a designer yep so tony southgate came up with new wings and splitters and rear deck and everything to take it to Lama. um how did it do well
3: <laughs> we, we don't have a lot to talk about <laughs> let me
2: tell you a story let me tell yeah if... how, uh, how, how we were so we Would love it we're the americans right so we're like yeah. we're going to Lama, okay how hard can this be you know i've never been to Lama. Team scandy had never been to Lama. this can't you know it's we're we're killing everybody in american sports car racing right. we'll just show up in france and we got this. It's going to be great. (laughs) So we went there for the test days and back then the test days were about a month before Mm Lamar. So that you'd go and test, they'd shut down the streets and you would do the normal track. And then you come back a month later for the race. But we shipped everything over there and we shipped. we even shipped our um, Kenworth tractors and trailers. We put them on a boat and we shipped them. Yeah. Wow. And so I remember as a quick sidelight, we unloaded it, backed up with our trucks to the garages at Lama and unloading these Ferrari 333s, and we're like, going to be the cool guys with the new, really cool car, and somebody comes out and says, hey, there's a big line of people that all want a picture, and I'm like, yeah, I bet there is. They go, no, 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 they're all standing in front of the Kenworth tractor, they're all taking their picture with this Kenworth tractor, they've never <laughs> seen anything that big before.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.
2: Yeah, the car was what? who cares about the who car. Who about the at car, car,
3: that? That's hilarious. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, because it would have been, be, it would have been old, like old school, right? It would have been flat front, like it wouldn't have been swept big, it wouldn't have been a cab over, it would have right, been... The big pipes.
2: Oh my, yeah, exactly. that would have just
3: blown them away. <laughs> yeah. We had awful. to
2: get special permits to drive them from Laharve down to Lama, anyway. That's all. But awful. the... <clears throat> So that was the year of the Porsche GT One, I think they called it. It was looked like a 911, but it was a silhouette kind of car. Oh yeah,
3: yeah. The mo it had the mobile, the mobile, yep. motif, yep. and yeah, I know the car.
2: Yep, exactly. So that was the first year of that car, and so we show up for the test days, and we, what do we know? You know, we're going fast, and we're the fastest cars, and we're like, wow, this is yeah these porsche uh, they don't have anything <laughs> you know, we're, we're, the, we're the guys and so unbeknownst to us in the meantime porsche was sandbagging i mean they know what they're doing right they, they've done this a time or two yeah they're sandbagging they're complaining oh we're not fast enough we don't have enough gas we need a bigger gas team mm. we need this we need that and they looked at the times and they're like yeah those ferraris are way fast okay we'll give you that stuff so we show up for the race I can't remember, maybe we were on the pole or whatever, but we were super fast, even for the for the race weekend. Right. But we show up, the race starts, and I'm doing my strategy stuff, and the race starts, and we go around, and and I'm, I'm making this number up, but I think you could do, like, 10 laps on a tank of gas. It
3: seems so like we that's were, always been the number we're in, and about 10, 11. Kind
2: of. Yeah. So we go, and we do... We do our ten laps, and we come in the pits, and we fuel and tires, and you have to do them. Self. We fuel, we put tires on it. <clears throat> we go back out, and I'm kind of watching the Porsche, and it goes past. Well, wow, they're going to do eleven laps, and it goes past again. I'm like, uh-oh, they're going to do twelve laps. It goes past again. Finally, on lap fourteen, they come into the pits, and they don't change tires. The double stint. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, and I quickly, this is like hour one into the race. of twenty. Minutes. And I start doing some calculations, like they're going to go four laps longer. So that means that they're going to do however many last pit stops. And they're going to save 30 seconds on every pit stop because they're changing every other pit stop. Da, 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 da. And like, we're screwed. <laughs> I can't win. You, yeah. So, I went to our team owner and I said, I, we're, we're not going to win this race. And he goes, what do you mean? We got 23 hours to go. I said, no, here, look at the math. We are not winning this race. <laughs> and I realized how smart Porsche was and how smart the factory was and how dumb we were. And right. they must've just been laughing their butts off from the, from the time we showed up. So good lesson. I got schooled in that one. And, uh, you know, uh, th- those, Porsche people, they know what they're doing. They know what they they're know doing. What they're yeah. doing. They, it must have just been funny for them to watch us just <laughs> Struggle. not even have a clue. Right. We were totally out to lunch. That's awesome. Fast, though. Fast. Yeah. We could go pretty quick. It ended. Uh, we destroyed one car in the Dunlop, under the Dunlop Bridge. Uh, Eric Bachelor was driving it, and the thing snapped on him. Um, we're not even sure to this day what happened. Something probably broke. Eric's a really good driver, and mm. something happened, and it's the car broke in half. I mean, it was a big accident. Wow! And the other car, with uh, I can't remember what happened to the other car, got stuck in the gravel once. Anyway, we were Porsche, did not have to worry, yeah. They, <laughs> they ended up winning the race, so that was a fun car,
0: okay? Yeah,
3: but and and uh, those are both. I mean the Ferrari is a classic. I I know the Ferrari. My father-in-law has a the Lego model of that Ferrari when it came back a, oh, a, a cool. way in the way in the day. Um yeah. <clears throat> So uh, my uh, my second question, the second to last question.
2: Yeah. Okay.
3: What would what is your biggest worry for IMSA going forward in the next five years?
2: Wow, that's another really good question. Um,
3: Could be from a technical. Could any like where do you see their biggest?
2: I'll say two things that I think they're going to.
3: Without getting you in trouble, not that they would listen to this podcast. Right? No, 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 no. uh,
2: Those guys are. uh, I've known those guys forever and ever, and they're. I, th- I have a really good relationship with those guys from, I mean, John Doonan's the president of MC yeah. right now. And I work for John Dunan at Mazda. With That's right. Speed Soul. So John and I have a good relationship. All the technical people there, Simon Hodgson and Jeff Carter and Matt Curdock who has the worst job in racing. Matt Curdock is in charge of balancing the oh. LMDH GTP cars, balancing their performance. Amongst themselves. So getting the Porsche to be competitive with the Cadillac to be competitive with the Acura and ultimately oh the goodness. Lamborghini, he has to make all that work. And he has to fit it in with LMP2 performance and LMP3 performance and make that all work so it's not a complete mess. That, Ooh,
3: that sounds like a nightmare. It's gonna
2: be really hard. That's gonna be really hard. I think if if any of the people listening have watched any of the WEC racing with the hypercars and the LMP twos and balancing that and how difficult that's been. Yes. This I think is a bigger task because you have, you have more manufacturers. um, You have much more varied tracks. You know, we, you're going to try to balance them at mid Ohio and Daytona. That's a different answer.
3: Yeah. And I, 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 I understand BOP and i agree with it i think we would agree with with the idea of it i guess more so than how it actually happens and but it is it is unfortunate to see that yeah how do you how do you go to those two types of tracks which are i mean not even on the same planet for for what they require yeah yeah
2: that's gonna gonna be a tough one that's gonna be tough so i I, I'm, you know, you asked me what my worry is. It's, it's not my worry that they get it wrong. It's just the, the difficulty in that task is going to be very hard to get right. And I hope that the fans stick with it when it's not, when their car isn't on the right side of that early on.
0: Yeah. They'll
2: get it right. I mean, look at the, the example would be GT racing, right? um gt3 racing the balance of performance of gt3 racing is pretty incredibly good yeah. you can take a four-door uh lexus sedan and balance it with a 488 ferrari yeah I mean, that's not easy yeah so but it, that didn't happen day one either no and it so took
3: some time
2: I, yeah so i think the LMDH GTP thing going to go through that same thing. That's going to be a little bit of a struggle. And then the other thing I see, and it maybe it's just because I'm an old guy and I've seen this a number of times, is the whole... It's It's been in sports car racing forever. The factories come in and you see a lot of factories involved and it's awesome. You know, you're, yeah. you're seeing Porsche r- racing against cadillac racing against acura and lamborghini and maybe who knows maybe toyota and maybe you know you see all these and it's like wow this is great yeah and then if the and maybe bop saves it because they could all be competitive and i hope it does right but back in the day we've seen it where after two years one manufacturer goes oh i can't compete and they quit the next yep. year that a manufacturer goes, yeah, no, I can't compete. And and suddenly you end up with one manufacturer racing against themselves and nobody wants to watch that P2. And then it's back to the privateers,
3: which is unfortunate you know? because it, yeah. And that wasn't a slight so against P2. P2 is great to watch, but that's everyone had to have the Orca you just didn't win.
2: Right. Right. And I'll go back to the old, old days when, you know, maybe some, some people listening, if not, go back and look up this era of sports car racing. But when you had the All American Racer Gurney Toyotas versus the Lecter Motive Nissans versus the the Tom Walkinshaw Jaguars versus yeah. the you know Al Holbert Porsche 962s, wow, that was fun to watch. But it didn't last very long. It wasn't no, long it didn't. They had just the two Toyotas racing against each other. And then they pulled out. And then that was it. Then you were back to to privateers again. And it always comes back. The backbone of sports car racing in North America has always been the privateer. And if IMSA keeps the privateer in mind, and they can do that with LMP2 and LMP3, keeping them in the game, in the big mm-hmm. show, while well, the factories go have their fun, and it'll be great to watch, but I, they need to keep that privateer available because the factories in history aren't there forever. forever.
3: Yeah, so and that's interesting because the whole idea of this new LMDH era GTP is yeah. is supposed to to reinvigor or 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 bring back what was that sports car era. You know, you go back to the Porsche nine seventeen when they had twenty five Quasi car, well, they had like f- 20 quasi cars and f- three rolling chassis and one, two with an engine and one only ran to satisfy their, their quota to the governing body. But then, right. you know, 962s and then 956s, that was, you know, they just flooded the market. You saw them in Asia, you saw them in Europe, in North right. America, South America, South Africa, yeah. you saw them everywhere. Um, yeah. And I think they're reinvigorating that. The problem or my my concern for for that is that they're going to be too complicated um because i know they're running hybrids now lmdh is a plug and play hybrid you buy it you put it in but if that doesn't work on a race weekend and and you're racing in lime rock virginia well not that they're going to go there or mid-ohio um you know how do you you're going to have spares but it just it just doesn't I know what they're doing with it, but you know, you're right. It just seems like it's going to go up because when the factories are there, the privateers are up there because they're, they're all supported by the factories, factories, right. teams there anyways. Right. Is, is Am I incorrect in thinking that?
2: Well, there's, I think it's going to start out with very few privateers or what you would call a customer car,
3: right? You
2: know, uh, so you're going to have teams a good example was is, is Core Autosport. We ran the factory Porsche GTLM cars. Yep. So that was a team who has the infrastructure, the shop, the trucks, the trailers, the people, providing a service to the Porsche factory. But it was the Porsche factory cars. Um, you know, Porsche engineers were embedded within the team. That's the way that the Cadillac program will work at um, Wayne Taylor and and uh ganassi i mean not wayne taylor but at ganassi yes Acura will have wayne taylor and shank same way they'll those teams Acura doesn't want to own a race team so they hire those teams to do it but those would be factory efforts with factory support factory engineers to support all of those systems those complex systems that you talk about
3: so what will they do with in the case of let's use porsche and imsa for the example Roger Penske is the North American factory team, team yep. for Porsche. And right. and and just recently announced too was that in IMSA, JDC Miller is, I don't know if they're getting two or if they're just getting the one for the Mustang one. sampling.
2: Okay, one, so yep.
3: in that instance, you have a Porsche hiring Penske to take care of that and then JDC buying the car now, will it be Penske staff support to JDC I, or
2: Porsche? I don't know the details of that, but the way I understand it is that's more of a the JDC car, and there's one going to Joda in Europe. Yeah, is a more of a customer program that they Porsche wanted to build customer cars, not unlike. And I don't know the details. I haven't talked to John Church at JDC about exactly how this works. So I'm just guessing on this. Yeah. But think back to when they had the 956 and 962s. Yeah. There were some Porsche factory kind of efforts, right? Yep. But then you could just buy one. You could just buy one. And, you know, yeah, you're going to have to race against the factory, but you knew that going in, you know, or whatever. Bruce Levin could buy a Porsche 962 and he could race against Al Hobart in the Andile factory, Porsche, but they would sell you a car, and they would support it in certain ways—parts, technical stuff. They would give you information, but Penske still wants to beat those guys. Right. So, you know, you're going in with your eyes open, and I think—I don't know about Acura and Cadillac whether they plan to build customer versions, you know, customer cars, sell customer cars maybe after a year or two they may i don't know but boy these cars are expensive they're way more expensive than a dpi car like like more than double expensive of a dpi car to run and to buy
3: so So what so what yeah so now you're running into the the issue of spares the cost is like what does a purchase of a car get you does it just get you the car or do does a purchase of a car get you spares
2: yeah i don't i don't know i um like
3: when you guys okay when you guys like you purchase the ligier that you run what is you buy the car i don't know what it is say one hundred and fifty thousand us just say what does that come with
2: well i i I can give you an exact a better exact example when we bought the orica lmp2 car we bought it brand new yeah we paid that car was about $600,000, I think, dollars at the time. Mm. And you got the car. No engine because you leased the engine right, from Gibson. Yeah, that's
3: right, because it was a single engine. Single
2: make, yep. You got the car, no spares, a basic electronic package. So you're going to need to put another fifty grand in for the electronics, telemetry, the radio, telemetry radios, things like that, and one set of wheels. So that's you know six hundred thousand. You're going to need to put another four hundred thousand in to buy a spare nose, a spare wing, a spare gearbox, uh, get the engine lease, buy seven more sets of wheels. To, to you know, it's wow. Yeah. It's expensive. So to get an LMP two car, you better have a million bucks to get it on track and have enough spares to survive the first weekend. And wow. the, the LMDH GTP cars are just going to be more than that. I mean, I don't know because I don't know that they are actually, you know, the JDC car, I guess is for sale and, and somebody's gonna have to write a check to Porsche for that, but It's. I know the hybrid system is expensive. You're going to need, you probably need an engineer just to manage and take care and monitor the hybrid system.
3: Yes, Uh, I would would think.
2: I mean, when we ran that Nissan, we had four engineers, really. Myself as the race engineer. We had a data guy who was in charge of collecting the data. He was my junior engineer, basically. Mm. Then we had a systems guy who just took care of all the electrical systems on the car, the power distribution, the sensors, the um, data we were getting back. And then we had an engine tuner who was basically in charge of all the engine systems and maintaining and watching and monitoring them, you know, fuel pumps and injectors and all of that. I think you're going to need at least that plus a hybrid guy so you're looking at five engineers per car. Wow, probably on a on a GTP car. That's
3: incredible. That's going to be yeah. a lot. I mean, the cost is just going to go up. But
2: yeah, obviously, factory, factory yeah. Programs. You know, it's really not meant for the privateers. Privateers should be an LMP2 or LMP3, and and I think you know my fear of it getting like the old days where. Companies, manufacturers started to quit because they couldn't be competitive. Mm-hmm. The key to that will be BOP. Because back in those days, there was no BOP. So every week, Toyota had a new wing, and every week, you know, this Jaguars had a new, uh, whatever shock absorber system or something. Right. And the cost right. just got so out of hand where the lowest car went wow okay well we got to spend a million dollars to design all this new stuff to be competitive it's not worth it but if you knew that you could be competitive because the BOP would be adjusted every weekend slightly then at least you you don't have to win every weekend but you have to when you unload you have to have the feeling that you could win that weekend right if that goes away you quit but as long as you have that feeling that you can win and it seems somewhat fair
3: Mm -hmm.
2: You keep, you keep trying.
3: Yeah. Well, that's. Uh, I like the. I like how you how you put that and and you advocate for the good of what BOP is right because it because it's what's going to keep the sport going. My 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 biggest concern all the time and it's a constant run, especially with IMSA, is that somebody's going to get bored and leave and that leads to somebody else leaving you know we saw you know Ford left with the GT right and it's just like oh and then we don't have any Ferraris running and now that we don't have GTLM that's going to change things in the house but you know you saw you know when WEC you had Audi left and then Porsche left and Toyota has been carrying the, the the torch and I always fear that we're just going to lose it. We're going to lose but, the sport. And, and I always uh, will want the sport to keep going. I don't care what cars show up, you know, I'm,
2: I'm with you. I mean, we want, we want to see more cars. And as much as, I mean, I hate BOP racing. I hate it because whenever I've raced BOP, I've always, your mindset changes, you know, it's like, how can I go fast, but not show them that I'm fast? How Mm -hmm. can I manage the BOP the best way, but still do well? Uh, You know, it's, that's what I love about LMP3 racing. We go out every practice. We go as fast as we can. That's it. You know, that's as fast as we could go that, that practice. And if we go better the next practice session, it's because, our drivers figure something out or our setup was better or whatever. There's no fear of being because... pulled back. Exactly.
3: Exactly. So you can actually but you can actually run flat out.
2: We're running flat out and that's what we got. And, yeah. and you know that the guy next to you is doing the same thing. same thing. And so you don't go, well, yeah, we were faster in that practice, but those guys were holding back for BOP reasons. You know, you never say that. But having said, I hate BOP. I've been through the days when there weren't BOP and they're short lived. Yep. You know, you end up with Toyota racing themselves and the Jaguars and, and Porsches and Jagu- and um, Nissan's gone. And that, yep. That's no fun. We we'd like to see all of that. GT3 racing. I mean, you go to an SRO race and you go watch GTD racing in IMSA. It's huh, fantastic. I mean, that's pretty great. Yeah. Why is it great? Because of BOP. So I'm hoping that, the BOP works the same way with the GTP cars and those factories stay in and more. And, and, and maybe some on the sidelines, look at it and go, Oh, you know, we could compete. We'll do that.
3: Yeah. That would be nice to pull in some, some automaker out of, out of nowhere that just might come up as step up to the plate, so to speak. Maybe Hyundai will step up to the plate.
2: Right. You
3: you never know. Uh, It'll
2: be interesting to see how the hot, the, hypercars fit in too that's a whole nother that's just a
3: can of worms and 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 i i i almost i almost would say i don't want them to come here i know that yeah sebring sebring used to be the outlier for the alms that that's when the cars would co-mingle right Right. they they never went to daytona never went to anywhere else i mean you think about Even when Audi raced in North America with um, Champion, right? They didn't race at Daytona. They didn't race at, um, there's some other tracks in there. I I can't think right now that they didn't race at. And other tracks they did, I was surprised that they went to Lime Rock with those. But uh, um, uh, but it's just, it's a unique style of racing, just all together. And I just, I don't know if I want that. Here, because it's because that because the whole point of DPI, as I understood, was that the nobody was happy with P2 being the top class. They needed manufacturers wanted some brand relevance in the sport, and they want to be the top dogs. Well, you have Porsche coming in. You have you you have all these manufacturers that are committing to at least three years i would say i mean usually that's the sweet number for factory teams is three years yep you know you're really going to allow toyota glickenhaus peugeot ferrari to come in and really stink up that mess like you really uh, how's cadillac going to feel about possibly losing the 24 hour to overall to toyota just because they didn't want to build an lmdh because or a uh, hypercar because we don't typically run hypercar here right you know what i mean well and then
2: and then it goes the other way too then the lmdh cars go to Le Mans. Oh, is peugeot and toyota gonna like it if a lmdh car wins lamar they're not
3: see and i just i don't it's two ships trying to go the same way that keep <laughs> pulling apart Right. right, that's just what that those two classes are that's why I liked the p2s uh, we, you would talk about because they were intermittent they you could race that right. anywhere it, 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 I I if memory serves me correct they hit all the rules the same everywhere it might have been gearing rules might be a little different here or there um I think for like Le Mans to um like ctMP or like a different tribe that we would race right. here um yeah I don't know. I, it's... I
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. It'll be interesting to watch. I, I'll, We'll see how it all plays out. But yeah, I think IMSA's got some challenging times coming up. But um, yeah, I'm excited about it. It'll be fun to watch. Me too. And it'll be good to see how it plays out. And this is their chance because now they have the weapon of BOP to keep the factories involved where it's never been applied before at this level, the old GTP, you know, the original GTP days. Right. It didn't do that. No. And it was just a, it was an arms race. Who could spend the most money to develop the newest part for the next weekend.
3: Right. And so
2: I'm encouraged. I think it'll be fun to watch.
3: Yeah, I am too. I'm excited to see what you guys do. I hope you guys keep racing. You, You keep John going keep just needling spend more john spend more keep spending money
2: spend more, uh, <laughs> he's, he's having a great time good. We, uh, we're leading the championship right now and that yes. never hurts in in, in the, the team's enthusiasm so uh, right. and we have good competition i mean lmp3 i know it doesn't get the tv time that you know i think all of our lmp3 teams wish we would get Yep. But if you get a chance to watch it, there's some really good teams there. I mean, Riley Motorsports, I mean, Bill Riley and those guys. Yeah. Top if you notch. can beat those guys, you, you have done something. We're, we're proud on the occasion that we can beat those guys. And, yep. and then there's, you know, there's some really good P3 teams that could run um, and have run high level. I mean, performance tech ran LMP2. Sean Creech could run LMP2 cars. Um, yep. There's some, there's some, good teams. Uh, Andretti Autosport. I mean, yeah. heck, we're, we're Andretti is running in P3. So it's a it's a highly competitive class with some really good drivers. And it's fun to watch the drivers. You know, you have kind of like uh, uh, Collins 32, but I'll call him a sports car veteran, Philippe Fraga veteran. And then you have some young kids like Kyle Van Burlow and yeah. and Mikhail mm-hmm. jacobson who are young, you know, 22, 23-year-old blazingly fast kids. It's a pretty fun class to watch.
3: It is. It's, it is is so, fun to watch. The cars are cool. They sound amazing, which is always a good one, yeah. and uh, yeah. it's great. Well, I won't take no. up any more of your time. I thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, it
2: has been fun.
3: When is your next race?
2: So we're Road America is the next race for us. Um, about three weeks, I think, Road America. And so we have two left road America and then Petit Le Mans. And that's it for our season. There's Lime Rock this weekend for GT cars. And then there's VIR also for For GT cars, cars, but yeah. But prototypes, two more, two more races, road America and, uh, and road Atlanta. So Ah, that's
3: great. Two amazing tracks. I mean, that's another great thing about IMSA (laughs) is just historic tracks all the way through. Uh, Send my best to the team good luck for on the rest of the season and I I really can't say thank you enough I, I just I don't know how you've been so generous all the time and with this so thank you so much
2: no problem thanks for having me on and um, good luck I can't wait to come back up and uh, see all the Canadian fans and see you again and um, it was a pleasure being on thank you
3: awesome thank you Jeff Brown
0: hey we're back Here on the Wide World of Motorsports Podcast, you're listening to us on 107.3 Local FM in St. John, 102.7 in the region of Waterloo on CKMS FM, or on the Performance Motorsports Network, or, of course, on your favorite streaming service. We're just uh, listening to an awesome uh, interview, one of our best. We're uh, lucky enough to be able to have race strategists, uh, and great racing mind Jeff Brown on the show and you, you were able to sit down with him mid-July and we were able yeah. to you are able to pick his brain a little bit
1: yes you know I said on the, on in the first episode just Jeff was a guy I I heard about and listened to an interview on and just kind of became very very interested in his work and and kind of sought him out the next year at the racetrack just to talk to him, kind of like anyone would do a driver. And I just every year after that sought him out because I would have questions. And, and Jeff is he is more than willing, as, as our listeners uh, heard, he loves to talk to. Racing, and we'll talk any kind of racing. It doesn't matter what it is, and he's very knowledgeable in all of it. So I would I would reach out to him or search for him in the paddock, and and we built a relationship from there. And he was willing to come on the podcast, so that was fantastic. He's been in the paddock for a long time. Total, uh, he's worked on some big programs, and uh, you know I I hope to see him in the in the paddock for the future, e- even, if, even if he moves on into working for IMSA in some sort of way, I think he'd make a great technical director, you know, somebody like that. So, he, you know, after the after the conversation, we talked and he, you know, he seemed to have a good time, said he had a good time and said he'd love to come back on. So, you know, maybe at the end of the season, I could uh, reach out to Jeff and see if he'd be willing to come on and talk about how their season went and you know what what the future holds for the series and uh you know what other maybe there'll be some engineering debacle in one of the other series that he can help navigate for us or help us understand
0: yeah and we totally look forward to having him back because i'm sure there was so much more that you could have asked him and uh what were some of your favorite parts with jeff
1: i I liked hearing him explain the third spring in the l 3 car. You know, I've heard the phrase before, if you can explain something complicated easily, then that shows your true understanding of the topic. And Jeff explained that so well. I, I In a way, I've never understood it before. He just it just clicked when he talked about it you know that was pretty that was cool the stories of of the particular one of colin driving the nissan dpi at ctmp and getting the rear tires to come off the racetrack going into turn two their clayton corner you know like that car was going so fast and it was Sprung so tight and everything was just he and Colin just full commitment right over the crest of the hill the front tires stayed on the track all the way over but the rears just came up and it landed and bit and just kept going around three you know just thinking about that lap and the fact that they only beat it this year by I think six tenths he said in a span of three or four years uh, three years I think uh, that's a pretty big technology gap, yeah. especially for a car that was never really that good to begin with, and and you would have heard about that in in the interviews. So, yeah, that was a cool one. And of course, how could you be? How could you not like the stories of him working with Alan
0: kowicki Right, and 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 oh, it, it was a it was a good. You guys, you asked some great questions. You guys were in in it, and it. It was, uh, you could definitely tell he was having a good time. And thanks to Jeff for giving us yes. uh, some time. And Big only time. that, you know, if, if, if anyone who has just heard part two, part one will be available up on our website, www.thewideworldofmotorsportspodcast.wordpress.com. Or, of course, we'll share it throughout uh, all of our social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at the WWOMS. In addition to it being up on to the YouTube page, uh, as well, so it'll be it'll be all over if you missed uh, or whatever whatever parts you want. Give it a favorite, give it a share. Uh, we'd love to uh, hear some feedback too from some of our listeners as well on our uh, our time with Jeff. On and go have, follow
1: Jeff on Instagram at Mesa Vista Coffee. M e s a Vista Coffee. Give him some
0: love on the Insta and. Yeah, and you know, and give give us some feedback. There's a link down in the description where you're able to give us a little bit of a voice feedback on on uh, maybe something. Maybe you would like us to ask for when he can come on the show the next time, and uh, maybe we can uh, get, get some fan questions in to Jeff. And um, yeah, absolutely. And, and You know. Uh, always a good time to have some people on the show and be able to bring it out to the listeners all around the land there whether you're listening to us on the FM 102.7 CKMS Radio Waterloo or 107.3 Local FM in St. John New Brunswick or of course on your smart device on the Performance Motorsports Network uh, we'll we'll be there for uh, we'll be around again and uh, a couple of uh, weeks, uh, lots, lots of motorsports yeah. going. Man, we're we're about midway through the summer ish, and there's still lots of racing yeah. left. So we're we're gonna have Lons as much racing. as we can get covered right here on the Wide World of Motorsports podcast. And yeah, it's it's always uh, <clears throat> it's there's always lots going on for us. You know, we're obviously looking forward to seeing our first dirt race. In August, and, uh, I am. we really. I
3: cannot wait.
0: We're really uh, hyping up about that. Ash weekend their first NASCAR Pinty's going there for his first ever dirt race. So that's uh, something you know, some stuff that we're looking forward to in the next week. And yep. of course, the, such a tight uh, battle in the NASCAR Cup Series with the championship being so close um, with with the sixteen what is it at now 14 16 drivers is when we're recording so it's almost full man isn't it so we're going to see some yeah. uh, good racing on that bubble coming up in the next couple of weeks so we'll have it we'll have it all here and on the show i think that as bo much wraps as we anyway yeah yeah i think that bo wraps it up for this edition we'll see you all around the band folks adios